Blog Talk Radio. Joshua Live here Sunday night at 11 on Blog Talk Radio. I just got out of a kick-ass movie, uh, went and saw nonstop to uh, keep myself, you know, occupied. Instead of killing time, waiting for the show and uh, just drinking and shit and then being off my game, I decided, yeah, I'm going to see a movie because I, I want to be on my, my game for the show. I was a little, uh, <laughs> a little inebriated. Last week, the last show I did with uh, James Smiley from Kings of Real, King Buck, got to thank him. But uh, there were several times during that show where you could just tell, like, because <laughs> I went to uh, Dave and Buster's early on in the day and uh, was playing some games and stuff and drinking a little bit there. Uh, so drinking before the show. So, you know, my apologies to him, even though I listened to it the next day and I, I didn't hate myself too much. But I thought the show was really fucking bad <laughs> initially. But anyway, I want to be on my game tonight because as uh, as depicted in this movie that I just saw, Liam Neeson and stuff, nonstop, there's basically this bomb on this plane, right? And he has a half an hour to, you know, defuse the bomb and shit. And that's kind of pretty much how I feel about this show. Like uh, the show is scheduled for a half hour tonight. Here on Blog Talk Radio, and the guest is David Goliath. So we basically have a half an hour to uh, watch the bomb go off or defuse the bomb, much like in the movie. So uh, <laughs> give us a call, 718-664-6482. Yeah, this show has pretty much uh, promoted itself, even though you know it's been promoted by a lot of other people. I saw The Low put up a comment today saying, yeah, this, this show is, in, is as anticipated as the Walking Dead season finale, <laughs> which I thought, you know, props to the low for the best uh, comment about tonight's show. Anyway, I haven't done this in over fucking damn, like, nine days. It hasn't even been, like, just a week. I haven't been on the air, so, you know, looking at uh, everything that's going on in the world here, um, Trey Songs put out a tweet you know the singer of Say Ah. <laughs> he put out a tweet this week, and it reads as follows: I think it's time to finally tell my fans, all games and jokes aside, I'm gay. <laughs> that was his tweet, Trey Songs, and a um, friend of uh, Drake. You know, they kind of came up in the game together. So it's kind of making me making me have some fucking questions for Drake. Like, did Drake know that Trey Songs was gay? Anyway, uh, although only being posted a few hours ago, this uh, tweet by Trey Songs managed to reach 57,000 retweets and almost 53,000 favorites before being deleted to the uh, 7.2 million followers on the site. It's not much of a secret anymore. 
Trey Songs has refused to speak to reporters or the media in general after his confession. Well, you know, this is a pretty surprising news. Uh, Trey Songs has 7.2 million Twitter followers. <laughs> for months, Jamie Joshua has wanted to make that kind of a joke, but he did not have any material for it. And now, thanks to Trey Songs tweeting that he's gay, he was finally able to do that kind of a joke. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I just couldn't wait to do that. Anyway, uh, time to uh, get down to business here. Got David Goliath on the show. Yeah, you heard that right. David Goliath on Jamie Joshua Live here in just a moment. My switchboard is kind of acting up on me. Not cool. Anyhow, I have to have him on the line here, and I'm want to want to send a shout out to uh, Poseidon, the god of all water, for you know giving me a chance to showcase my skills. Hey, there is no settling down. This is blood for blood and burn a gallons. This is the old days and the bad days, the all or nothing days. They're back. There's no choice left, and I'm ready for war. Uh-huh. Yeah. Flow, I dictate this whole verse Demolish your jibber-jabber even if I go first Cause you have no bars like an iPhone that won't work So it's microphone check one, two like I'm Joe Dirt I come through like a broken rubber I beat your ass in every room of your house like your older brother My flow is butter I'm hanging out up on the side of your house just so you know I'm gutter I got a big mouth that doesn't give a fuck about me it Keeps on running like it serves trades down a county and you can hate if you want, but put out a bounty. I got that red rider flow. Shoot the eyes out of Ralphie. As far as all day, no gimmicks, just straight violence. Handmade grenades with a biological insane virus. I'm not a rapper, I'm a professor of the great science. David Goliath, you have awakened the giant. Jamie? Yeah, technical difficulties hey, for say? a second. <laughs> uh, what do you say, buddy? Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, how was the show last night that you did? 
Uh, last night was pretty awesome. Uh, it was a pretty big show, one of the biggest ones. I've, it's definitely the biggest show I did this year. It's the biggest one I've done in a while. There was pro- there was about 175 people there. That's pretty good for me, just a local guy. Uh, there was a bunch of great bands there, though, that helped draw a crowd, too. Uh, but we all did pretty well. It was a benefit show for Daniel Hildebrand, and it pulled in over $1,000 for the family. That's fucking awesome. Yep. Yep, that was that was awesome. Shout out to uh, Corrosive Vengeance and uh, Jay's Sports Lounge for that down on Sullivan Avenue. That was an awesome show last night. Awesome show, and you did a really good thing. And, uh, you know, that, uh, I don't know why some people would compare you to Hitler. One of the I mean, it's just one of them things where it depends on the circumstances in which you met me. You know, I'm actually a really nice guy, but if you already had ideas in your mind of who I am before you met me, then you're you're just going to see me a certain way no matter what. So, you know, it's whatever. I've never been Hitler. Just if you're on the wrong end of the business stick, then... Yeah, this is uh, one thing that I was thinking about before having you on the show about 20 minutes ago. This came to mind was uh, you've always been nice to me, and I I enjoyed drinking beer with you lots of times. You know, in my garage, I could never shotgun a beer like you do, but uh, <laughs> thank like you very much. That trait. But uh, <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it, uh, like. Uh, not to go into, you know, too in-depth about it, but, you know, pretty much we're all alone in the world. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, we all know a bunch of people. Fucking shit happens. Whether it be friendships, relationships, business shit, like you're saying. But, you know, well, I my life, I'm alone in the world. You know, I, I go to sleep every night by myself these days. So it's like I, I cannot be uh, swayed either way as far as... Uh, anything or pretty much anyone even my best friend since 1996 extra large you know i only see him now and then so it's like you know. oh yeah shout out to extra large my man oh yeah well that's basically what it comes down to and, uh, and another long time friend of yours is a gentleman by the name of clint Cosson, and you guys are in a group called four middle fingers and, oh yeah uh, we're destroying shows and get a cd and we're really uh, on the move to being one of the uh, bigger bands in the fucking city. And you guys had yeah. a public breakup last year that was uh, pretty fucking upsetting to me just as a fan. I'm like, why can't these guys just work it out? But I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've heard real... that a few different times, actually, you know. Yeah, but uh, without, I don't know how, how much you want to go into and say about specifics but uh, well, when a big breakup um, like that happens, people wonder. Yeah, I mean, some people want to know. Most people already know. You know, a lot of people involved with supporting us are people that we've known a long time, anyway. So, um, I mean, basically, you know, in a nutshell, you know, Clint is is he's an antisocial person, and he never expected, neither did I, ever expect for Four Middle Fingers to blow up like lo- locally how it did. Um, it was a joke at first, and then it became a hobby, and then it became work, and then it became business. And when it became business, you know, Clint, you know, he's an artist, and he's antisocial, so he's not necessarily built for 
stage in public. And sometimes, you know, you box him, you make him feel like you've boxed him in, and he's going to lash out. And it just, you know, things boiled to a head. We did 33 shows in a couple months. And, you know, things went from, you know, dive bars to Vets Memorial in six months. And, you know, it was rough on Clint. It was rough on me, too, but really Clint folded up on it, and he had to retreat and get his head together. And as of right now, his head's together, and I've had five studio sessions with him. And I I may be seeing him tomorrow. Uh, But, yeah, you know, we just are armed with more information and knowledge this time. So Clint can be more comfortable, you know, while doing things like this. Oh shit! So are you are you saying and announcing right now because people don't know that Ford Middle has actually already gotten back together in some capacity? Yeah. Yes, that is true. Uh, it, I won't even say in some capacity. We already have two good hooks recorded, and we have a third song that's almost completely recorded. Oh shit. Yeah, so, you know, we're feeling good again. We're enjoying each other's company. We're enjoying the vibe of the music, just like we did with the beginning of the first album. And that's awesome. So we're taking our time and working on it. Yeah, whoever may have uh, had bets on this and uh, lost some money since you guys didn't get back together before the end of the year, I'm sure disputing this now, hearing the news that you guys are back together. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, come on, that's an easy bet to make. I've been friends with Clint for 16 years or more, more than that. So, you know, eventually we get back together. <laughs> I saw one video was kind of telling where you were wearing a Ford Middle Finger shirt during a, after the breakup. So I was like, that's cool as hell. You know, I oh, yeah, I still wear my shirt all the time. You know, I love that band. We did a lot. I, I conquered... You know, I conquered Columbus with that band in one summer, basically, and I've never been able to go that far my entire life. So it meant something to me. <clears throat> so I would like to say real quick, uh, that song that you, had, you just played, No Hook, All Bars, that's off of my upcoming album, Awaken the Giant. And you heard verse two on there. That was my boy James Rifle. He is a lifelong friend of mine you know he knows every single every single member of my family by first name he was on my first disc i ever recorded okay name's james rifle aka jimbo killer lyricist real good on his flow you're gonna hear him coming out on napo brandon napo mcgee's uh disc here pretty soon he's gonna be on a cypher video you're gonna hear him on my brand new album this boy's about to be unleashed He's a veteran lyricist. Ain't nobody heard him yet. Everybody's in big trouble. Yeah, I like I like I like what I heard on there, and I like his voice. You know, he has that voice, and that's so fucking. Oh yeah, important. he's got a real deep voice. We call him the White Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, as far as uh, the creative process, I was over there one night with you, you and Clint, if you remember, and uh. I saw how you guys write. I saw kind of how you guys work for, you know, a few hours and how much time you put into your work and, and the craft. And, and you know, what would you have to say about that? Because when you hear a lot of people's material, it's clearly evident. Like even the new Jay-Z album was pointed out to me. It sounds like he wrote his shit in like five minutes. 
Well, he does some right. media shit, little bullshit, but <laughs> whatever, whatever, right. however you want to put it, Russian. But uh, what's the uh, importance of that to you, folks? You've been in the game for a long fucking time. You've been doing this. so. Um, good question, by the way. That's a pretty good question. Um, I, I will say this. It com- it, it's either here or there. Uh, sometimes it depends on the topping. Some topics are easy to hit. You know, like I'm a natural rap style, aggressive wordplay lyricist. I like wordplay punchlines, you know. So if your topic is kill shit or if your topic is (laughs) patterns and punchlines or if your topic is weed or if your topic is, you know, fuck the mainstream, I can nail any of them. I can put a verse down in five minutes. Right off the top of my head, I can just come out with punchlines and just kill shit. Okay, but those are easy. Real lyricists know that those are all super easy. And the, oh, here's the song to feel sorry for me verse, those are all easy. I can pull all of them out and make a lot of those. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's one on every album. So I can pull them out in five minutes. But when you get deep and you – I have a topic that is very specific and very well thought out. You know, it can take me a month to write. 16 bars on that subject because I want them to be perfect and I want them to f- stick to the topic and paint a picture. Sometimes if, if your topic is deep enough, then it, it can be super challenging and it could take a long time. Yeah. So uh, people listening to the show want to hear you go trash somebody. So why, why not let, <laughs> let, let it be me? Because <laughs> I know I have my shortcomings. As far as, you know, recording, always recording so shitty setup, you know, I'm trying to fix that lately, you know. But, oh, uh, J.B. You know, as far as my material that you've heard, what would be your, you know, a couple things of criticism for me, because, uh, you know, you've told me in private, but, you know, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so it's like, in, from listening to my stuff, like, uh, what you have heard, like, what would you say about, you know, to me, that I need okay. to work on? Well, I mean, everybody you know needs to work on something. Every single person who does music has something to work on right now. Nobody is Everybody can get better. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I would say definitely recording quality. You know, if you're not paying for studio time, you sound amateur. And I've got got a $400 mic sitting here I use, Cubase 5, all that, yada, yada. To me, I still sound amateur. And I, you, you, everybody that wants to be really, really taken seriously should pay, pay to get that top quality. Get your tracks mastered. D and D Purple Studios, the Remix Live, two good studios out here in Columbus right now with cheap rates, professional quality. Yeah, and I was just at the Remix Live, and the whole thing about it, because uh, Extra Large asked me about it, like, how was that experience, man? You know, recording a the shit there. <laughs> and I was like, well, I woke up at 9 o'clock in the morning. I was three hours of sleep. You know, fucking Sandman calling me the night before. Like, man, come on, let's go to the city club. You know, people get shot on Friday nights. It's popping, Jamie. <laughs> like, well, no, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, shout out to the family right now. Fucking. Um, real quick, I just wanted to shout out Napo McGee and Niagrain Clothing from the west side here. I wanted to shout out Burnsy's Tavern and Kid Money and Mama Money for keeping the local scene alive out here. Carlos Deal oh, yeah. out west. Save Your Soul out here out west. Jamie motherfucking Joshua's out west. Um, I'm, uh, Tr- um, uh, Trillis is out west. 
All of us are out west. West side is where it's at in Columbus. All of us. We've got a clothing line out here. We've got a giant network. West side. The lyricists live out here, too. West side, yes. Fuck yeah. Uh, let's think about <laughs> Okay, I have in my notes uh, things that no one can deny about you. And one of the things is that, you know, you are a talented oh guitar player. <laughs> you are, you know, somebody that everyone that I've come across locally has fucked with at one point or another. And that, there's, there's a reason for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a reason for that. There's a reason why your, your name is so known. Now, right. as far as well, I appreciate you feeling like it's known. I like I like to believe it's known, but who knows what the truth is? But I do appreciate that. Right. Yeah. As far as things we don't agree on, and I, <laughs> would be one thing is about as far as selling music, because uh, I, I have a fucking album I'm about to, to sell. You know, I've sold CDs before, and, and you have your opinion on on this. So. Okay. Like well, if someone comes up to you, hands you a CD, or or says it's it's five dollars, ten dollars, whatever. Okay. Keeping well, in mind, nobody I mean, pays for mainstream music as it is. Nobody fucking. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and uh, you get the, the shit for free. So how the fuck could I expect anyone to buy my shit? <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're not putting value on it, it, right? That's yeah. basically what you're saying. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, and I've heard that before. I know um, uh, Save Your Soul goes by that, you know. If you're not putting value on your own product, then no one else will value your product either. You know, I've heard that philosophy, and to an extent, it is true. You know, it just depends on when and where. Me personally, I feel like, dude, you're local, and I don't care how big you are. Locally, you're still local. Until you do tours once a year, and actually income money, you're local. And you should be handing that music out as much as possible. Now, I'm not saying go record a album that costs you 3500 bucks to record and press and give it away. I'm telling right. you, whatever, whatever is within your means to not hurt yourself too bad financially, take it easy on your budget because you need to give your disc away. To me, it will be in more hands... More people will hear it if it's free. And, you know, and if you've got a presentable cover, if you've got a professional cover that looks great and the tracks are professional recording, then no one's going to f- sell you short. You know, you, just because yeah. you gave it for free, you put the value on it yourself by quality and by imagery. You can put value on it there. And then when, the fact that you handed it to them for free, they now feel like you gave them something valuable for free. Yeah, so what that's my philosophy. Uh, well, you told me, and I don't, I don't even know if you remember this. It was, it was some late night recently, but you told me that. Well, yeah, the, the only way I would go and put my new song on iTunes was because I had some national name act on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had, if I, if I had a national act on it, then that means that I paid them for a feature. So that means I have. <laughs> well, a <laughs> you know what I mean? that way about it. <laughs> well, I mean that's what I'm saying. Literally, if if I have a national act on a track, 
then I paid for a feature, and that track cost me triple or quadruple-digit money. So I need it to be on iTunes to recover the loot. Other than that, there are people that have done that, you know. Mm-hmm. There are people that have done that and paid a national act. Like I, I've paid, you know, producer for a beat. I've paid a rapper now. Well, I've only paid one rapper ever to rap on my show. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I wouldn't do that. Like, like maybe, maybe if it was my favorite, Chino Excel, yeah, and he said, Jamie, you know, give me a hundred bucks. I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Seems I'll like tell you a what, cheap I would... way to a. Getting a cheap way to get attention and is trying to get some some name on your shit. On people yeah. are going to listen to it for that name. Uh, yeah, sometimes that's true. Your I shit. can, I, yeah, and you're right because I can name Columbus locals who have paid for features from national acts, professionally recorded it, threw it on a disc, and here they're still my peers. They're still here, and guess how much money I've invested? <laughs> Don't even ask, buddy. You'll be mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean we're all here we're all still doing it maybe some shows are bigger than other shows but we're all still throwing shows at the same place so in the real deal of it we're all still here whether you've spent thousands to put your music out and I've spent literally a couple hundred in the last two years you know yeah. what I mean so I've spent a lot just to just to, whether it's buying production or you know, you know extra large. My producer ain't produced that much. <laughs> Always has my right. but you know it's like uh, you know you got you got to actually get invest money into the uh, actual product to do it or, or record yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I mean the more money you have to invest, the better it's going to sound. You know, bottom line, mm-hmm. money dollars equal quality. Bottom line, you know. You know, you, you, you can go get a fifty dollar photo shoot or you can go get a six hundred dollar photo shoot. And they're yeah. both just photos, but you can quickly tell which one's better looking. So it's all a matter of you know, what resources you have, how much money you have to sink into stuff. And, you know, in or, or in my case I get the highest quality I can through a network of friends. You know, I may not have a six hundred dollar album cover, but I do have a really cheap album cover that doesn't look very far off, you know. So the best thing is to just network with people and do favors and exchange services to one another. Exactly. Bartering and trading. Somebody does something for you, then you you pay it back that way by doing something just just as equal for them. Absolutely, and that keeps our local world revolving, you know. That's what keeps it all afloat. One story I didn't want to glance over as far as the breakup of Four Little Figures was the, uh, because I wasn't there that night, but I'd heard so much about it, was the night at uh, Texans Memorial. (laughs) Because it sounds fucking hilarious. And maybe now we we all can laugh about it since it's so far in the past, but uh, a situation with Clint and some judges. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, okay. When we played Vets Memorial... We actually performed in front of a judge panel. Uh, now, they weren't judging us. They were there to critique us and give us advice. They were professional industry insiders. Uh, one of them was Mark Hunt from Making the Band on MTV. One of them was uh, a guy from YMCMB. One of them was this uh, old white dude from the Grammy Association. And so they knew their stuff. 
And basically, they were giving out tips and pointers for anybody that was really serious. So, you know, we played our set. Um, It came out there confident. You know, uh, I was nervous at first, so was Clint. It was a huge venue. You know, uh, Jimi Hendrix once played there. Janis Joplin once played there. So that was a little intimidating in just six months of doing shows. But um, we walked out on stage. We killed it. Clint being the antisocial person that he is in a crowd of about 300 people, you know, he was defensive. He was very defensive, and when the judges started saying, you know, they told us we needed a little more pep in our step, we needed a more energetic performance. And I agreed with that because in six months I haven't learned nothing about performing. I know that that's my weakest link. So I know that they are tits on with their advice. Well, Clint was just glaring at them. You know, I'm kind of standing there with the posture of my hands are crossed in front of me and I've got big, you know, tell me what I need to know eyes. Right. Clint is kind of standing there looking off to the side like he's annoyed with everybody, you know, dying to flip off the crowd, which he ended up doing. But, um, (laughs) I mean, basically, uh, you know, they gave us some good advice. And Clint basically grabbed his balls and was like, this shit ain't supposed to be pleasant. It's fucking comedy. And gave everybody the finger. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, looking back, that's legendary to me. You know, at the time, that was not a very good business decision. Looking back (laughs) now, that was fucking legend. (laughs) Uh, That's fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I just wanted to say the truth about local rappers. Let's give them a, a funny little anecdote. No names involved. I was about to ask you, what is the truth about local rappers? The truth about local rappers. Okay, well, the, the truth about all local rappers is, unfortunately, 99% suck. 99, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm saying that wrong. Don't get me wrong. I would say 80% of all local rappers suck. 99% of all local rappers will never make it. So this tiny 1%, I don't know which ones of you floating around are the ones. I have a good idea. It's probably like Mook the Star and, uh, you know, Critical Minds. Uh, but um, uh, there's only a few people going to do anything. Uh, the rest of us are here, and this is where our home. The Columbus is where we're going to live, where we're going to do business. You know, work together more. Work together more. That's the truth about local rappers. Everybody needs to work together more, or you're all going to sink. But I will give you a a cute anecdote. Um, Let's see. I'll give you this. Okay, this this is kind of dull. But, um, okay, Paul Wall last year, Justin Tinney, shout out to JT, Devious T throws the biggest hip-hop shows in Columbus. Um, he seems to be one hell of a promoter from where I sit. What's that? He seems to be one hell of a promoter from where I sit. Sorry. Oh, yeah. DT, it's no joke. I'm not playing when I say he's the biggest rap promoter in Columbus. He, he throws the biggest ones. And he's the real deal. I've sat with Justin and watched him talk to the Ying Yang Twins management. You know, he pulls real people. He's got vanilla ice coming. He pulls real people. Anyways, um... Uh, he brought Paul Wall. Now, I wasn't a big Paul Wall fan, but I know that in a Paul Wall crowd, there are white rapper fans, obviously. Uh, so that's yeah. my demographic. 
I'm a white rapper. I want you to like me. So I decided to jump on the Paul Wall show. And everybody's like, Paul Wall's a fucking awesome dude. He's been here all day. Well, you know what? I was there to support my local dudes and rock that huge crowd. That's what I was there for. I didn't really care about Paul Wall. So just to make the point that I love my local scene and that we need to work together and, and to set the example for that, you know, I went there, rocked the fucking show with Kings of Real, James Smiley. Shout out to my boy James. Uh, rocked the show. Uh, FHSP rocked the show. And as soon as I was done and everybody finished their set, Paul Wall was going on, I fucking left that bitch. I fucking left that bitch and, and started spreading across Twitter and Facebook that the show was awesome. Everybody killed their shit. Leaving now, Paul Wall's going on. I'm not even there for Paul Wall. I sold tickets to his show, but I, it wasn't for Paul Wall. It was for the opportunity to have a large crowd in the Al Rosa and uh, you know, support locals and for all of us to show our thing to a large-ass crowd. That's what it was about. Paul Wall, psh, sorry, buddy. You know, if Paul Wall, if you're by chance listening to this, I fucking love you, bro. Sign me. But really, fuck it. You know, I mean, really, it's like, fuck it. You know, the next day, Paul Wall's on an airplane somewhere, but we're still sitting here with Kings of Real, FHSP, everybody that did that show. So... Like we're in I listen to more local talent than I do mainstream talent. I can name you four rappers that everyone else know that I even listen to. But I listen to more hey, let me ask you this. Can I, can I ask you a question on your show? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, who's your favorite local rapper? My favorite local rapper is, is, yep. is a guy that no, nobody knows um, as far as having a name anymore, but, you know, my friend Beanie. Oh, yeah, good one, good deal. Yeah, Beanie is actually uh, a veteran from Columbus Family G's, which is uh, 10 years ago was a group here in Columbus, back when copyright was cutting his teeth and becoming somebody, so was CFG. So, Beanie, good shout-out there. Um, Mine would have to be Scope. You know, of course course he hasn't been making shit lately, so, you know, lately, if you ask me the past year, Past few months, right. be a different answer, but that's, that's, that's just it. <laughs> right. I definitely got to say that my favorite local rapper is Scopes, Dana Scopes Mobley. The dude is, you know, he's street, and I, you know, I don't always lean so much towards a street style, but man, he's fucking hard as nails. Everything he spits just makes me want to beat somebody up. I just love his fucking shit. He's like, it's like having fucking the local Columbus version of the game. You know what I mean? He he's my favorite rapper in Columbus for sure. Of course, uh, going off the uh, going off the air here in about. I think I can keep this going for another ten minutes. So fuck you, want to keep this going for a little hey, bit here? Yeah, I'm dude. I'm free. Uh, my kids are in bed. My uh, days. I freed my day up for this, so I've got plenty of gasoline left. And she actually mentioned that uh, Justin Tinney brings vanilla ice here. What is your favorite vanilla ice song? Ooh. Well, I got to say <laughs> that I'm not, like, really a vanilla ice fan. You know, of course, when he came out, I was just like everybody else. I won't deny that, you know. I didn't get the funny haircut or learn to dance, but I knew every word. I loved Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we're all from that generation that grew up on, on Hammer. Absolutely. NWA. Absolutely, and I'm not going to deny my roots, dude. I, I listened to Ice. Now, I only had his one CD, 
Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I will say, obviously, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby was the big thing. But uh, how about um, Having a Roni is my favorite Vanilla Ice song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he does like one, the, right? uh, the Popeye impression or whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> So you never heard Hot Sex back in, like, 2005? <laughs> no, I haven't heard anything he's done since that first album. I haven't even heard any of it. I think I heard a rock version of Ice Ice Baby fucking years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just imagine that, you know, because, you know, from doing shows, like, you got your songs with, with a, that you do that you, you know, are crowd favorites that you go into at the show and multiply that by 20 years. You know, every every night Vanilla Ice has to go out there and do the same fucking Ice Ice Baby. You know, it would get old there for like two months. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not even twenty years, dude. First five years, and I'm one to slit my throat for my own songs. <laughs> Believe that Four Middle Fingers' first album never gets played in this house, nor at Clint's house. Neither one of us listened to it ever. <laughs> I mean that's just what it is. When it's your music, you get t- tired of it quick. You don't before it, before it even got released, you heard it a thousand times before you even released it. Now that it's released, you yeah, got to do it a thousand more times. Oh my fucking god. Yeah. So that's when you start fucking around and you add shit in and you play around with it to keep yourself from getting bored. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm laughing a lot, but <laughs> I just awesome. want to say, uh, you know, like, like uh, you and I both have uh, talked shit to each other at different points, and, you know, yeah. different people we know, it's just all a part of the, the game. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, dude. You know, what, I, I know this, I'm a human, you're a human. When humans get mad, yeah. humans do things that they may necessarily mean to do, and every human does that. So if you know if a, if some other human did something while they were mad, and then said, "Hey, I was mad when I did this. My bad. I don't fucking care. You were mad. You didn't mean to do it. You're bad. I don't either. I mean, I expect the same treatment. You know, I try to make sure I'm not like burning bridges. But you know, tomorrow's another day. I'm gonna wake up and still try to be your friend because you know, bullshit's bullshit. Let it let things blow over." And just be cool again. Who has time for grudges? You know, like you're gonna be mad at mad at a motherfucker forever, or you know, get back get back to that spot. You know, if you kick my fucking kid down a flight of stairs, then that'd be one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I should hate something. you and never talk to you again. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If you've done something that's over the top, like you've created an enemy out of me, that's different. But if it's just normal human, I said some shit when I was mad, my bad. So fucking what? I don't care what you said. It's your bad. You said it. Accept, you know, accepted. I hope to, I hope to get the same respect. Yeah. Like you said about burning bridges, uh, fortunately for me, I never have to worry about that because I have, I'm not taken seriously. I don't have any credibility to most, and I do not have a career. <laughs> so anything I go and do is just a step up. It's, I do have it's to say good. You sell yourself short a lot, but really, in a way, you've made a career flying under the radar. You've, you've made a career locally out of not not having a career. Does that make sense? Like – well, you put yourself out there like so much. I, I, like, okay, I you did Wastebook. You had somewhat of a following from Wastebook. 
Okay, so regardless of your local music following, you did have a following socially, and yeah. you know Pretty you've done your show. music, <laughs> different shows. Now you have this show. You've had some really good guests on this show, so I think this show's a winner. It's a big step up from the last one. So all, during all of this, while you think that you have no credibility, you've given yourself credibility during all this. You know what I mean? You had D1 on your show a couple weeks ago. Let me tell you what. He ain't on anyone else's show. Okay? And he's a very well-respected, professional-level musician here in Columbus. And he was on your show. So what's that tell you? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. He's a... He makes he makes good shit. I'm a fan. I asked him to do it. Uh, uh, he's nice enough to do it. No, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess maybe I do sell my, myself short at times. Yeah, you sell yourself yeah. a little short, man. I mean, you've made a lot of albums. You've made a lot of music. Your body of work right now is gigantic, and it's like, you know, you may not be the most popular guy, but some of the songs I've heard from you, you've said a lot of shit that I exactly would have said myself. So it's like, you know, while you feel like people aren't paying attention, and even if they really aren't paying attention, you have amassed a big body of work, much larger than mine, is why I put it out. Because my entire body of work, digital archive, my entire discography is, you know, six albums total, all together, lifetime, what I have saved up. And I know you have more than that, hard copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got that beat by like 20 times over. But, you know, again, with you, it's quality. You know, like I will rush through my shit. I'll, I'll take time on certain shit. But uh, that's where the uh, discrepancies will high as far as the differences between what everyone does and, and their music. Or, or, but what I like on Monday, I might not even want to fucking hear on a Tuesday. You know, so right. it's so fucking difficult to please people. And I remember uh, uh, Joey actually sitting here like, dude, it's so fucking hard to please people nowadays because, you know, you don't know what the fuck they want. You want to st- just do what you do, but, uh, you know, you're also in this business. And so that's, yeah. that's the real where shit just, you know, gets fucking sketchy and, and tricky as far as actually and it does, doing you're it. Right. You could be up there. <laughs> you could be up yeah. there on stage doing yeah. the thing, the crowd favorite song, and have a, five other songs recorded. You would much rather be performing live because you know they're better, but you got to keep doing the fucking Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. You know, uh, Four Middle Fingers, one of our crowd songs was uh, Just Being Me. You know, the uh, I'm an asshole. Everybody loves that song. Yeah. We get the whole place singing that place that song rocking. You know, but for us, that shit got old. And when we would make our yeah. set list, Clint would be like, I don't have to fucking play that song, do I? And I'd say, Clint, I'm sorry, but yeah, we have to fucking play it every time. And he'd be like, well, fuck that. Well, let's just play the drug song instead. Fuck these people. <laughs> and that's, that's the exact fucking attitude to have. But, Dude, no, Clint's not, awesome. You know, he loves our people, too. He loves everybody just as much as I do. He just he just can't say it how I do. I'm a lot more calm and cool with people, which is kind of scary to think that I am the calmer, cooler one. <laughs> but... In honesty, I'm more built for public relation than Clint. 
And he loves and respects everyone just as much as I do. It's just that I have to be the one to say it because unless you're at his house or you're at the studio with Clint, if you're out in public with Clint, you know, then he's he's on edge. So I have to be I have to be the one to say it. But yeah, thank, thanks for doing the show tonight. Oh shit, see, it just kicked all my fucking NB. Are we all done? Anything else you want to say to people, real quick? Um, I just want to shout out Columbus. Uh, hip-hop here in Columbus, man. Listen, I'm from the rock side of things. I do acoustic shows now. You can catch me April 11th at Burnsy's Tavern. Make sure you're there. Burnsy's Tavern is closing. So make sure you're there April 11th, Friday, for the Shy Bus Midwest Connection with Sirius G. Marino and Spirit of Truth. Spirit of Truth is the dopest rapper I've seen in Columbus a long time. So make sure your asses are at Burnsy's Tavern on April 11th. Kings of Real, Slink and K Money, fucking Mike Solo, David Goliath. I'm going to be playing new tracks. Five bucks to get in. Make sure you're there. Burnsy's is on.